As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and Things flapping their wings on this Tuesday meeting after they win by 36. Why did we say? How he was inactive. I don't give it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, the day three draft wrap up. A fabled episode in BWF lore. It is 9.20 p.m. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Shilka Padia, Marissa Dunn, who has uh, does not have to be eating at this point, so we get to see her on the show this time. And uh, we've got really actually not that much to talk about for a day three draft. Two picks for the Eagles. We'll talk about those both in the sixth round. Kansas linebacker Kyron Johnson. We'll talk a little bit about that and also... Uh, SMU tight end Grant Calcaterra, we'll get into that. We'll talk about what we heard from Howie Roseman, Andy Weidel, and Nick Sirianni uh, this evening. But uh, I don't know. Zach, how you doing? Doing great. Excited for this pod. Um, it's been a fun few days. It's, it's always a little melancholy. She's got a little brew donkey, track. looks like. A little little brewski. This is the, the day three of the draft. Yes. The Birds with Friends one beer challenge. You know, if I have two, then I'm going to wake up with a headache. So it's the one beer challenge. Uh, you have something. You've had something. I got a little like tequila. Every, every night. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, that different than uh, tequila. Oh my gosh, tequila Mockingbird. Uh, ZB, uh, feel free to get something if you want. But sorry, we we cut we cut <laughs> Zach off. Zach I shows mean, up you, water. You cut him off, and then I took over. So Zach, no, that's fine. Yeah. No, Zach. It, it, now I didn't. You didn't show me. You didn't show me your sleep stats from last night. What did you hit last night? I I think I had three hours, 24 minutes last night. So I pull that up here. Sleep last night, three hours, 44 minutes. I apologize. Okay. Um, that was but, more than uh, the night before. That was, yes. I mean, that's closer to a nap than a uh, <laughs> uh, uh, night's sleep. But I, I do it, like this time. There is a sense of relief now. You know, I, I know for me, 
especially, I don't know how you guys, I know you, Zach, especially you get started on it a lot earlier than I do, but I, I feel like I'm always late getting into the prospects, forming opinions, all that. And so from like, you know, a month ago until now, it just feels like a race where I'm like, all right, I got to, you know, I got to do yes. the work, uh, get some opinions in. And it's just like, get to that day. And then once this day's over, now the teams are not fully complete, but a lot of them are, you, you know, pretty close to where they're going to be. So now you can look ahead. You have months ahead to look to the next season. And I'll say the big takeaway is the Eagles got more fun. The Eagles got more entertaining. Oh, all right. We've got uh, our friends uh, Hogan Johns in mm. here in the podcast. The Eagles got more fun. Arguably the only other uh, team-specific podcast that, that is even in the same universe, I would say. Wow. Yes. Jeez. Birds okay. with friends. All right. Shots fired at uh, you-know-who. That's right. Uh, I mean, just this 2022 season got so much more interesting with, you know, I think we've even downplayed the AJ Brown stuff. We haven't talked about enough. Right. I mentioned it the first day, but man, just getting, you know, to watch this guy on a week in week basis, week out basis is going to be a lot of fun. They've upgraded their immediate talent. We can get into the uh, minute as they say of whether, uh, you know, all the moves were smart moves or not, but uh, this puts you, uh, it says a lot more juice, I think, to the 2022 season and really the 2023 offseason. I know we don't want to get too far into that, but really the next 12 months for this franchise, like uh, now all of a sudden, I don't want to say all of a sudden, but certainly has a lot more juice than I thought it did maybe, you know, uh, 72 hours ago. Well, I think to that point, like, um, you know, a year ago, just thinking about how much thing, things change over the course of 12 months, a year ago, they, they, you know, they were coming off 4-11-1, and 11 and one. They had just fired Doug Peterson. They hired this guy who had like a joke of an introductory press conference, and there was no good young talent on the roster, it felt like. And, you know, you fast forward a year, and it seems like that has changed. They've got – they had a very good draft class last year. They've got some uh, some interesting guys in the, in the draft class this year. Not a ton of volume, but, but the first three rounds uh, will be interesting. And as you said, like A.J. Brown, all of a sudden this is a very interesting offense. A.J. Brown's only going to be 25 years old. The like the entire uh, like the entire like landscape of the Eagles uh, organization right now has changed very quickly in in one year. And I think how Roseman does get credit for that. And to your point, like it is now like it's not a rebuild at this point anymore. It's it's like pointing towards next season as like, OK, let's let's really see what happens. But obviously, we've got a long way to go until that. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a this is an incomplete team, right? I'm I'm, I'm not crowning them. But if you told me on the morning of January 17th, right, we're in the Tampa airport flying back after after that playoff game, that on the night of April 30th, they would have Hassan Reddick, A.J. Brown, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, and a 2023 first-round pick, and a wow, 2024 second-round pick. Shots fired No, I, I mean— <laughs> Is it Jurgens or Jurgens? I believe it's it's Jurgens. But okay. but my, my point Jergens. is— so, Yeah, I'm going to uh, go with Jurgens. I'll be honest with you. On on January 17th, I did not have a strong opinion of of, of Cam Jurgens, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm just being completely honest with you. But, like, I, I knew N'Kobe Jurgens. I, I, mean, I, I, I knew Jordan Davis. I obviously knew A.J. Brown, knew Hassan Reddick. You knew um, Carson Strong. <laughs> yeah, so my my point being that that they I think I and we can get caught up in, you know, who's who's your second safety and how did you spend this pick? But like big picture, they made some some 
moves this offseason that aren't just moves on the margin that like like moves that I I think uh make material impact on this team and they have future inventory and I don't I don't think Howie re- I don't think Howie Roseman's reading our stuff but uh I Howie, disagree with that. Howie made a statement yeah, today that I think that's definitely wrong. Howie made a statement today that's similar to like my takeaway last night was that Howie said if you told him the players that they got this weekend uh, before the draft, he would have said, what future picks did we have to give up to do it, right? And I and, and, and like I said the other night, if, if you said this is what they were going to end up with and they would still have their second and third round pick, I wouldn't have believed you. So, uh, so I, I think overall, this has been a strong offseason. Still work to do, but a strong offseason for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I was thinking about their uh, positional groups, and I, it might have just been – it was earlier this offseason. I mean, it might have been a week ago where we're like, you know, are they better than – I don't know, was it Dallas? I, for, I forget the context of what the conversation is or like where are they above average, and, and I do think that swung in a pretty major way. I mean, this is a top five offensive line with depth. Uh, you know, we can have the talk about Kelsey's old, Lane Johnson's old. That's true, but, I mean, they've been stocking up. I mean, if you put Andre Dillard – where did I go? I wrote this down. You know, Andre Dillard, uh, Jurgens, Herbig, Driscoll. Okay. Like Come on. All right. Okay. Well, who I don't I don't know who's playing right tackle, but those four guys, I mean, that is better than some some offensive lines that are gonna start hmm. in the NFL I see in what week you're one. Yeah. I don't know. By the way, Shio, we got confirmation for you. Yeah. They were I was watching the oh, okay. question and you oh, okay. asked the question. And so uh, this, this, for you. I'm okay. glad that this podcast, you know, can spur some uh, yep. ideas and it's say maybe. So, yeah, that was excellent. Zach asked them about Jurgen's versatility and, and they said, yeah, he we do look at him as a guard and a center. And so that does change it, uh, you know, quite a bit for me. Now, we'll I didn't find that to be a super convincing answer, though. It wasn't, but but also when Sirianni was asked about what are you going to do at right guard, I mean, he did mention him, uh, you know. So He did, but he was also like, Listen. he kept coming back to say, I mean, I think he made it to me, reading between the lines, very clear that that's Isaac's job, which it yeah. probably should be. I mean, I would look, yeah, and that's that's not the point. Like, Jurgis doesn't have to start this of year. Course, it's, almost, it's almost looking ahead to 2023, that if he has that versatility, then maybe you do have some options. There. Well, but and anyway, it's also for this year, like, it's not just uh, Jason Kelsey getting hurt that would get him on the field. It's right. if someone else gets it, like, right, yeah. exactly. And with his, you know, he, all right, he's a little undersized, but, man, with his athleticism and the way he played and uh, Zach's favorite position coach in the NFL, <laughs> you would think you would be able to mold him into being a good uh, guard. Now, I don't know the intricacy sees of it enough maybe we can call on a Brandon Thorne at some point and see see what uh what he thinks about it but I thought that was interesting but anyway offensive line I think is going to be really good defensive line I mean look at this defensive line I don't want to hear about you know I, I listen I understand they haven't addressed addressed the secondary but man this should be this this defensive line what's the second team Brandon Graham Derek Barnett Jordan Davis and Milton Williams. I mean, again, that that could start for uh, for some teams in the NFL. So you're going like full two deep, eight guys who really should be able to play, and some young guys there uh, with Sweat, with Williams, with Jordan Davis, with real upside uh, on that group. Even though you know we didn't love the the Fletcher Cox move, you had some questions with Brandon Graham. But again, these are like a lot of options to work with here. Where if not all of them hit. You're still in a good spot. They're pass catching weapons. I mean, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Scotter. I mean, that is a nice group to trot out there as your top three. Maybe, and even maybe like even pushing Quez Watkins down to like, nice, the, like the number three. 
is really yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, well, I I had that as a note. You know, you can't double you can't double quest now. With what is that what he said? I didn't hear him. Or, or he said that. something. I don't know. I wrote down. You know, he was saying, you know, you can't focus all your attention on Devante or all your attention on AJ Brown. Quest. I'm like, I don't think many teams were coming in focusing all their attention on Quest. But you're right about that too. I mean, maybe later uh, this offseason can go through all the skill groups and see where they rank. But that is a nice top three. So yes, Howie Roseman does deserve credit. Uh, this roster is in good shape. The uh, hanging tomato, or whatever you want to call it, is Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts is in the position. Hanging tomato. I've never heard of that. I was, was going to say, what, onion hanger? Isn't that a. I think that's something, something different. You say it. So I decided to go with a different. Uh, okay. I was going to say vegetable, but it's. The hanging fruit. Chad. Uh, so Jalen Hurts is in position. Uh, if he's capable of making a big leap here, he is in position to do that. I don't know what I was just talking about for five minutes, but you can take this anywhere you want to go. See what happens when I have half a beer? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay. Give me an eccentric. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we power through the uh, the two things that they did today? Um, they entered the the draft, or at least <laughs> you're just doing three. this because you want to talk about your guy. But go on. Yeah, give it well, to him. No, I don't. I don't want to do it give because it of that. Him, that I is going to be a natural. Repro- what, what are we going to not talk about their pick? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I think day three, the big picture. Matters more than we'll get to that. Oh, we got time. Don't back down, ZB. Give it to <laughs> So on. they enter with just a fifth and a seventh. They trade back from the fifth round pick to pick up two six with Dougie P. And then they trade up uh, from the sixth using their seventh to select Kyron Johnson, the Kansas linebacker. And then after that, they take uh, SMU tight end, formerly retired because of concussions, Grant Calcaterra. Uh, the important things that we need to know of course, is what this means for our games. And uh, we may have some split uh, winners again. So Zach already won Super Sorecasting. That has been decided. The Duck Duck Juice draft yesterday, Shield rallied to tie it up by getting uh, both interior offensive line and linebacker. And he had linebacker, so he gets Kyron Johnson uh, I hit tight end, and Shiel is going to be the winner of the Duck Duck Juice Draft for 2022. Uh, also, the most, presti- the most prestigious of the three, as we've established. Uh, also, for good this to know, year, at least. also good to know that uh, tight end over running back, that panic decision that I made, ended up working out. Um, the uh, Turkeys to the Kingdom, the least prestigious of the games, uh, I won. Um, we don't have to go through all that. You can check that out on, on Deniz's, but, uh, I, I, agree with that. I, uh, pretty much pretty thoroughly dominated you guys on that front. And then no the Alba, you know, draft, one. uh, my pick, my, uh, eighth round pick Kyron Johnson, he hits, and that is a nine pointer three plus six, which ties me with Zach in the Alba, you know, draft. I don't know what the tiebreaker is. I would I would imagine the tiebreaker should be who gets more. You can more, have it, Bo. But, uh, Honestly, you can have it. I think, I think it you, what do you think it is, Bo? What do you what did Bo say he thinks it is? I actually think I think Zach should win because he got two yeah, people. He and got, I got more one. people no. correct. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think if I I genuinely think in the Wolf household, you know, when when you guys like uh, recount the. I don't want your tomorrow, charity. I don't you want say, your charity. I love you this TV. This is such a good angle. You say I I won the Al you know draft. <laughs> There's gonna your kids are gonna be so proud of you. Whereas yeah. like uh, <laughs> I, if if I say that, they'll just 
They're like, can I, y'all can I have more cereal? Right. So, uh, okay. You just, you just continue telling it. you just continue TV. telling your children that Jordan Howard's going to make the oh. opening day week one roster <laughs> I love and this, let them, Steve. and then let them wake up on that Friday Steve. morning and look oh, at you like, it, like papa, a- papa, but you told me Jordan Howard was going to be on the team. Papa. I love this. ZB. Go Why did you that? lie to me? Papa. I've got enough going on. You need this more. You go ahead and take it. So good. Outstanding works. I, I'm like, Daddy, why did you lie to me? Why did you get me this Jordan Howard jersey? All right. Wonderful. All right. So that's it there. Now, Bo, did you have Ty- Kyron Johnson in the mock draft that you did on The Athletic? <laughs> no, of course not. But oh, I did have him. What are you doing here? <laughs> I had him on. Uh, I had him on. I had him on a, a different mock draft earlier in the offseason, and I had him in our superlatives as a player to watch for the Eagles. But this is my problem. I get two in my head on the final mock draft, and I want to use guys that I haven't used already. It's it's a so whole. All we got in my head for Zach and thing. Jordan Davis in the first round among the three of us. I believe so. Yeah, well, they, only had, they, they, they only had five, five picks. picks. Okay, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You kind of all right. So we still have a streak going thanks to ZB, three years in a row. In that piece, we've at least gotten one pick, correct? Well, we know now for the future, if we want to figure out some of their picks, we know Tony Pauline's cell phone password, right? So we can just, yeah. because he, <laughs> he landed the Jergens one, so we can jump right on to figure that out. Yeah, I think it's a good reminder that the Eagles, uh, at least recently, have not been very good at like disguising their draft intentions. Um, like You can take like the widely reported stuff pretty pretty seriously. All right, so why was Kyron Johnson one of your guys? I mean, all you do all draft season is tell us that the old guys suck and you're the biggest ageist That's not true. Uh, there is. And this guy's turning 24 ah, in July. Okay. Pretend like, let's, let's, let's talk about some nuance here, okay? Re- no, um, no, Bo deserves – I'm, I'm going to pump up Bo here, okay? Uh, uh, I, I don't I like have, where this is going. I, <laughs> let's go I, back to five no, minutes ago. I, I, it's a I very, like, uh, Cash Wheeler thing we got going on. Go I ahead. have said in the past – that Bo is a very good observer, right? When he's at the games, when he's right. at terrible practice. reporter. No, that's no, true. He's, but but right. as far as observing goes, he picks up he picks up things. He's very he's very good observer. And at the Senior Bowl, I agree with that. Bo is Bo is locked in. Bo's not one of these guys at the Senior Bowl who's who's there catching up. What's I mean, Bo is like Preach. watching prospects, and he's he, he's there for the you know he, by. By the way, if, if, if there shouldn't be any expense questions in the future, but if there are any like if, if there's any like should she, you know, is this worth going to? Okay, mm, Bo should yeah. just point to that's that right because what because, value to, does this bring to the company? Well, how about getting Kyron Johnson right in the alley? Well, no, you know, I, draft. Thank you very much, Mister no, New my, York Times. My my yeah. point is is like you're going there and you're providing value to your audience right there. You would not have known about him like. Like you're not watching Kansas on Saturday, right? Okay, now I know that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he 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 struck me. And listen, Andy Weidel said the same thing. He popped out to them at the Senior Bowl. You know, we don't we don't get to sit next to the scouts. They sequester us on the other side of the field. But you know, over there and over here, Andy Weidel and me, our eyes are looking at the same things. You know? Okay, so what do you, again? What's the age there? How do you how do you explain why we like well, a twenty four year old okay. uh, player who's never had more? Pretend than like there like, don't don't tell me there's no nuance here. Uh, like like at the top no, of the draft, old. I want that's legitimately old. 
that's not that old. And we're talking well, about a we're talking in July. Yeah, that's, that, that's old. But the sixth that's round old pick. for a first yeah. round pick. I'm not using a first or second round pick on a guy like that. But in I the gave sixth the Bears round, Hogan Johns, I gave their guy a D. I yeah, mean, they're using a pick they, on what's it on Velas Velas the Pelas. Yeah, the guy turns 25 like years old. He's, he's <laughs> older than AJ Brown. He served in the war. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Explain yourself. No, I'll I'll defend Bo on this too. If if you're drafting a 20, what kind of turn did this take? I was just complimenting you for trashing Bo. And that is that. Well, no, I'm saying him. in the sixth the round. On here? In the sixth round, you're not signing some. I'm sorry, you're not drafting someone in the sixth round, expecting him to be a second contract player for you. If if you get like yeah. two or three or four serviceable years out of him, um, and, and this is no disrespect to I, I I know I know Marissa's the only one here who like actually has a stake in the game of of like a twenty you know of a player getting a second contract or a contract, Zach, it's but, true. You can keep going. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but my, my point is, is, is that if, if you're spending, if, if you tell me the outcome for Johnson is that he'll play special teams for the next three, four years, and then he'll sign somewhere else. That's fine. I think there's, I think there's a legitimate defensive upside also. Um, he's, he's undersized, but like for that position, he's like, he looked to me like, uh, and I know that this, that this is, this is a low bar. Look to me like he can Damn do linebacker. what Jannard Avery did better than Jannard Avery did it. Okay. Although he's talking, he, he said he's talking to their inside linebackers coach. I think that's just linebackers. I think coach. it just means think, yeah. Nick Rallis. Yeah, they don't have. Yeah, an I, I don't think they have an inside coach. linebackers yeah. coach. Yeah, so. uh, I would not. I, I don't believe in spending sixth or seventh round picks to find uh, special teamers. This was actually going to be in the 10 draft commandments, mm, but I already had 10 and I didn't want to change it to 11. Uh, so maybe we can save this for next year. I, I don't totally agree with that. Seventh round, you take some big swings on some athletes with upside. Maybe they stunk in college. Maybe they had a weird uh, situation like, like, like Bryce Brown is the name that will sure. often come, come up with this. All right, it didn't work out with him in college, but man, this guy's an incredible athlete. I would look at all the recruiting rankings. You know, who were the, who were the best guy, the five-star guys coming out who didn't work out for them. Uh, I mean, you don't well, need that, to be that spending depends anything. on volume. Find, come on, you can find the special. Yeah, volume they had five picks, so I especially wouldn't be doing it uh, in a year where I had five picks in the draft. Well, no, I see, I disagree. And, and also, you have to think about like the the uh, the job of like the general manager and the constituents at play. Like, you know, you you, you have to you, you can't just let your special teams coordinator sit there and like be giving him nobody. Listen, or the like, special teams coordinator will be happy. This isn't like a kicker or a punter. What are you talking about? His job. I'm is telling to- you, I think that he has more upside than just special teams. Okay, but, but I'm telling you, the special teams coordinator job is to make the most of the guys I'm giving to him. I'm not going to go the special teams. That's that's not on my radar that I need to go sign. Well, I'm not guys saying. So I'm not saying special, just. But I'm just thinking. I'm talking about all of the here? different people like on the staff. I now, I now to be fair, I would not have traded up for him. That that was yeah, was exactly. Odd to me. You're trading up. Oh yeah, yeah. Twenty four. Yeah. And you only have five picks in the draft, and you're selling me on special teams. Now, if, again, if you think he's a good defensive prospect, now I know he is pretty athletic, right? So maybe he fits some of the thing. There's some crossover in what we're talking about here. Uh, if they think he's a good defensive prospect and that's what they want to sell me on uh i would still you know not love the pick but you could sell me yeah. on that i don't want to hear anyone sell me on he's you know he's going to play special teams for he better be like the best special teams player uh in the nfl if that's why i'm taking it well how do you feel about a guy who uh once retired because of concussions well i mean this one this is like this reminded me of the clayton thorson pick uh really and i feel like you do really? always benefit uh th- this pick is terrible 
This fits the exact. Wait a second, Clayton Thorson. Yeah, no, Clayton Thorson is yes, what you were just talking about, like a guy who has no chance of playing on special teams. No. But like, isn't that what Thorson you just had said? No chance of doing no. anything. No, no that's Shield, not no. what I said. No, I'm saying Grant, um, no, and I don't not. want to butcher the last name. He's like a former top recruit who was no. all Big Twelve. Like he's someone who, now he retired from yeah. football. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but if if that was not the, like based on talent. He's someone no. who's probably a day two player. Okay. This is now I don't want to like speak lightly about this because it's serious, okay. but I mean, seriously, if a guy retired because he had two concussions and according to Dane Brugler is not sure how many concussions he had, I'll just, I'll take him. So, off wow, well, you're, you're missed on Jalen Phillips then. That's fine. If somebody else wants uh, those players, that's fine. That is right, risk so wait, that I don't from need the to horse's take. mouth though. Like from the horse's mouth. We, well, I was we, calling you a horse. No, 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 no. I'm saying we spoke to him tonight. Uh, we spoke to him today. Oh. And he's Grant a horse. Grant. Okay. It's an expression. I'm, I'm sorry. He said, quote, I had a couple concussions. He did play for when the Mustangs. I was at Oklahoma. Really minor concussions. Uh, I didn't From have the a Mustang's whole... mouth. Yeah. Um, and then he, he said, doctors told him that he was not at, at like uh, a serious risk here. These were minor concussions. Now, Again, I I don't know. I mean, concussions are serious, right? I'm, I I don't want to downplay. Right. I mean, so minor that he decided to. He, he thought it was in his best interest to stop playing football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was more from a from a lifestyle thing. And then he he missed the game, right? Like he he pursued a passion of his. He he wanted to be a firefighter. He was training to be a firefighter, and he realized that like uh, he loves football, and this is the only time in his life that he'll be able to play professional football. He could pick up firefighting at 30, but he can't pick up professional football at 30. Well, I think, this is, I think this is really what it's all about, is that we know that Howie Roseman cares about a narrative and righting historic wrongs. And for this, for him, this is an opportunity to finally draft a successful firefighter. I hope he has a long and successful career and stays healthy and gets everything he wants uh, from the NFL. Uh, but that is not, I, I mean, all the players available to you in the seventh round, again, if, if well, I no, just I, had, had somebody no, on sorry. my board that said retired because of multiple concussions yeah. and then, you know, knew that he we weren't sure how many concussions he had had and his career high for yards in a season was 465 uh, in college. I mean, I just, you know, I would just say, all right, let, let's move on to one of our other options here. That's all. That's, I agree that's that. a completely valid argument, right? I, I, I hear you. I'm not going to disagree with you. That's a completely valid argument. Where I'm pushing back. I like Cam Hayward's brother. So, so where I'm pushing back is a few moments ago, you said you would spend your sixth round picks on upside players. You would search for players who, who aren't just like special teams guys, but players who, who have a, a profile that offers discernible upside. That's exactly what this is, right? Okay, now, profile with discernible upside and players who have not pre retired okay, previously okay. because of very okay. serious medical issues. All right, okay, fair. We'll add fair, that to it. Fair, but but like he was someone who who he was uh, first team All Big Twelve back um, in, in Kyler Murray's year in in 2018. Um, he he replaced Mark Andrews at tight end for Oklahoma, and he was uh, he was their number one tight end. Jalen Hurts' year. He retires then. He comes back. He's productive last year. Uh, there were other tight ends that I liked more, but if, if they you had been pretty well picked over, though, yeah, if you had to rewind the tape uh, when we had Deontay on, 
I believe. And I was saying I was underwhelmed by this tight end class. I believe Grant is one of the players that he pointed out as as someone I'm going first name on Grant, like like well, he's Peter I, King. No, because I don't want. I was talking to Peter about Grant, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I he don't want this guy has big upside. I well, first <laughs> off. I was. I actually thought about that the other, or I listened back to it on the on the drive to work the other day. Well, you're up for 21 hours a day. You I guys, was ask you why. But you guys call him. You guys call him PK, and that's okay. <laughs> I I call him. I call him Peter. Right? Like, like I think it's more of a flex to call someone by their nickname. That's like that's like me going up to. Uh, to we gotta let just, We gotta let Zach just talk this whole show. He's really on a heater. Like, that's like me going up to LaShawn McCoy and being like, yo, Shady, right? No, I, I call him LaShawn. I'm not at Shady level yet, right? I mean, if if, if I said to him, if if I was like PK and I were talking, I went up <laughs> oh, to PK. That would have been epic. Yeah, exactly. His name is P. I call him Peter, right? So uh, right. anyways, um, but in Grant's case, I'm still working on the last name, and I don't want to butcher. I, I was on a show earlier, and I Flex. think I called him. That's not right. Like, I think I called him Calcutta. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I'm sports, going hashtag Grant. sports Indian. <laughs> I'm going Grant until I nail the last name. All right. Um, so Calcutta. I mean, no, I mean he will be Calcutta. <laughs> Calcutta. <laughs> All right. Do we need to take a break? Uh, yeah, why don't we take a little break okay. here from our sponsors and hopefully Zach uh, has some more spicy takes to share on the other side. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Sheil. How do you guys feel about a quick little uh, spin through the NFC East to see what they did in the draft for our listeners? Sound good? Not thrilled about it, but okay. go ahead. Uh, Washington uses their first-round pick on Shields boy, wide receiver Jahan Dotson, use the second-round pick on Alabama defensive tackle Fedarian Mathis, reach, then uh, Brian Robinson, the Alabama running back, reach. Uh, Louisiana safety, Percy Butler. Very interesting pick in round five, taking North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell. Closing it out with Nevada tight end, uh, Stiff Cole Turner. Tulsa guard, my boy Chris Paul. And a Oklahoma State cornerback, Christian Holmes, at the end of the draft. Strikes me as um, underwhelming and not a great use of resources. You guys? Uh, my class grades will be on the athletic on Monday. I need a uh, day to digest all of it uh, tomorrow. So I have uh, no input here. Zach. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> will really like to take some time and, and yeah. kind of analyze everything. Uh, yeah, I, 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 mean, I hear 
I, I can give like the momentary analysis, but honestly, I've been so knee deep in the Eagles. Well, that's right why now I'm taking that, a step back. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like I, I I would like to give cogent thoughts about it as opposed to this episode is not about cogent thoughts. You've slept six hours in the past seventy two. This is about knee jerk reactions and having some spice. Uh, Dallas, Tyler Smith at 24 overall, the Tulsa tackle. Sam Williams, the uh, pass rusher from Ole Miss. They continue to take uh, shady character guys. Jalen he, Tolbert. He's, he's, a, he's like a big-time talent. Actually, I'll, well, we I'll know share. that you, you of all people, do not care about what people no, do off the field. It's all about no. making the best football team possible. No, I well, no, not a, I care quite a bit about the off the field. Mm. But the football team shouldn't care is your is your p- official position. Based on what? Where is that coming from? Based on the you know, Deshaun Watson conversation we had at the owners meetings. Oh, <laughs> Jeez. You've been holding on to that for a while, haven't no, you? No, I just thought I thought that was your official position. You you no. made it very clear that teams shouldn't worry about what people do off the field. I never said team oh shouldn't. Gosh. I simply said, I, I simply said that I don't view sports as my moral compass. I I maintain my own moral compass and I don't apply it. Anyways, we don't need to get into that on the third night of the draft. <laughs> what um, I think is uh, what Jalen I think Tolbert. Is, go ahead. Oh, you're still doing this. No, go ahead. Yeah, Jake Ferguson, Wisconsin tight end, uh, popularly linked to the Eagles. Uh, Matt Waletsko, the long armed. Tackle from North Dakota, Deron Bland. I did. Uh, Damone Clark, who was highly rated but has uh, neck in, uh, surgery, so he meant to sit out a year. John Ridgeway, the Arkansas defensive tackle, and Devin Harper, the Oklahoma State linebacker. Hmm, doesn't doesn't move the needle for me too much. Are you still going? And then finally, we have the uh, the G men, Shane Shane. As predicted, maybe maybe turning this ship around here. Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal. Wandale Robinson, who I did we settle on him as the official wide receiver of Birds with, Birds with Friends? I don't know. I thought you guys so. were going to announce I think it we on did. the live room. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, and we didn't, but I think we did. Uh, and then Joshua Ezeudu from North Carolina, the offensive lineman. Cordell Flott, the LSU nickel. Daniel Bellinger, Dane Belton, Micah McFadden, DJ Davidson, Marcus McKeithen, and Darian Beavers. That looks like a pretty good class. Uh, what would you grade the Eagles draft? Since I have to do this, let me get input from the experts here. Uh, you know, you're grading you're grading it based on the. Are resources. we including AJ Brown in it? Well, I mean, Howie certainly is going to be doing that for a long time. Anytime are we including draft, are we including Tay Gowan? It, it starts with here are the resources they had on. Uh, you know, Thursday night, or even you could go back and include the Saints trade. I don't have an issue with that. Here are the resources they had at the beginning of draft season. Here's what they ended up with. Uh, here, you know, based on what they did and what they have, what what grade do you give it uh, based on the resources available? So, for example, the Carolina Panthers had the sixth pick, and then they didn't have a pick again until 137. So I'm not going to – now they traded back up, but I'm not going to grade their draft the same as I would – Team okay, like the based Eagles, on the resources they had at their based yeah, on the so, resources, yeah, based on the resources. I would say I would say either B plus or A minus, and and the reason mm, I say that is I is rarely they, give out an A. Is is they landed uh, two top thirty players and a player who I think is a top ten receiver in the NFL, right? And uh, and and they also have a, a future first. Wait, who are the top? Who are the two top thirty players? Jordan Davis and Kobe. Kyron Johnson. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, I, I, I should the say league top, doesn't think he's a top thirty player. 
I'm saying based on Dane's. Uh, okay. We've been using right. Dane's board as our standardized yeah. board throughout. So when we say top X player, uh, I've been going based on Dane's board because we're at the athletic. So two players okay. who are in the top 30 by Dane. Okay. Um, okay. And there is, I think the Kobe Dean is the swing pick. There's no question about that. Right. Uh, he's also the pick that I've had that, you know, I, we've had to do these exercises for the athletic, like my favorite pick or best pick. And I put in, I put in the Kobe Dean and I understand it's a risk to put that, but if we operate with the information that we have right now, which is that he's playing, he says he's playing, the team says he's playing. Um, what they got was a consensus All-American who was voted the top linebacker in the country, who's been durable in his football career, and who, from what we've been told, is going to play the next time we see him. To me, that's a good outcome. So It's interesting okay. you, view, you view him as the swing player. I sort of think long-term – this the success of this class hinges on Cam Jurgens turning into a very good player. Like okay. if he is if he is only an average offensive lineman, I feel like that is not a good use of that resource. Uh, I mean, you you could yeah. say Jordan Davis is the swing pick. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the most intriguing prospects in the uh, entire class. I mean, you can say, well, yeah, but his floor is going to be, you know dominant run player but like that's a thin line between adequate run defender and dominant right. run defender you know is he wrecking games uh every week or is he just you know holding up as sort of an okay uh defensive tackle against the run so that's what makes it now but do you have a, a grade in mind i didn't get yours i think i would say b plus um okay. i mean like the AJ Brown thing is huge. Yeah. And I think that that was a, that was an absolute win for them. And that is the most important thing that they did because it adds an, like a blue chip player who is young and controllable and a, a very important position and changes the face of the offense changes uh, the ability to evaluate Jalen hurts and sets them up for the future. I think that's great. Like kudos um, in terms of like the other picks it's themselves. I mean, the, like Jordan Davis could be awesome, and I think I think it's a risk worth worth taking. But like, it is also fair to say that they like I, I think the uh, the idea that they gave up like way too much to move up from fifteen to thirteen is a little bit overstated. But they did like they spent thirteen overall and a fourth and two fifths on Jordan Davis, with the presumption that he's going to be that he is going to be more than a two down player. Um, or like a, a guy who allows them to change the structure of the defense. He, he needs to be more than that, and I'm not so sure that he will be. And you're also spending a pick on, like, like is, is interior offensive line definitely worth that, uh, that second-round pick? And then a linebacker? Like, if we're talking about just position, positional value, defensive tackle, like center linebacker, is maybe not what you want to use those premium resources on, but I think that their I think that their process was sound this year, and so I would I would still say that that they did a good job. I would say B plus. If they stayed at fifteen, what do you think happens? I, do the Texans just take Kenyon Green at thirteen? I mean, I think I, don't I think feel so. you don't think so. Who do you think, think they take? I mean, if they, they loved one of the other guys, they don't right. make the trade, right? Probably right. Or they trade out with somebody else, and somebody else moves in to take. All right, let's assume Davis they, stay, they stay at thirteen. Uh, all right, so Zach disagrees. So you think they might take Davis or Hamilton? Yes, where someone else trades in there. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting exercise because if they, I mean, green was already, a, you know, considered sort of a reach at 15. And so if they were at 13, like if they loved Hamilton or Davis, I sort of feel like they probably would have just taken uh, Hamilton or Davis. Now, maybe they did want to uh, get that volume in the middle rounds, but it's an interesting exercise because if they just end up taking green and then you say, all right, the Ravens, you know, which at whatever, they're going to take Davis or Hamilton and you end up with the other guy at 15 and you hold on to those three other picks, would that have been a better outcome? Well, so I, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm not shifting the conversation. I'm simply framing it this way. When they made a similar type of move last year, okay, jumping up to get Devontae Smith, uh, it was, it, and with that, they attached the third. They didn't attach, in this case, they attached day three picks. That one, they attached the third. Uh, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't met with the same type of skepticism. I think because of the way you view Devonte Smith, perhaps relative to Jordan Davis, correct? Um, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, and okay, also yeah. just like, the, the way the, the way things is, fell, he was the last guy on that tier. Like Sertan had gone, and uh, J.C. Horn had gone, and and Jalen Waddle had but, gone. He was the last guy hanging there. Now on I, your well, tier, oh, yeah, right? I know, like, but, but that was the presumption they weren't going to take Micah Parsons. Like that's that's yeah, a separate. So, but but in this situation, they could have. They could have stayed and probably gotten one of two guys. We think they probably didn't like Kyle Hamilton as much as you know we do. So that's yeah. That's so a separate that's thing. like I I am I am operating on, like based on the fact that they made that trade. Um, I am operating under the assumption that uh, Jordan Davis that there was a drop off after that they had to get Jordan Davis right. I think there that's was a right. reason yeah. that they, they jumped Baltimore because they needed to get Jordan Davis based on on the way they evaluated these these players. Now, I can disagree with that, but in terms of the process, it's similar to the move last year for Devontae Smith. And yeah, it's I think, actually well, I think, you're, I think you're right. It's, what, it's, it's less valuable pick that they gave up. It, the exercise is interesting, but, but the truth is what they did tells us that they considered Jordan Davis a much, exactly. a much more impactful player than, than Kyle yes. Hamilton for them. Right, but when we're when we're looking at this in three years, we will Kyle Hamilton will be the guy we're comparing 100%. to Jordan Davis. Should they have taken uh, Kyle Hamilton, whether with the trade up or whether with just uh, sitting put there at fifteen? So they, I mean, this is an intriguing draft because you can really, you know, like like the like a columnist has to in these situations just kind of pick one side and have a take. And so with Jordan Davis, I mean, you really could have just gone in big and said, you know, they got their guy. They didn't overthink it. Look at this guy's upside with the athletic testing and the best, you know, defensive player in football last year, won the Ben Eric award. Great job, Howie. Or you could have gone, this is a reach. You know, they, they traded up. They gave up three mid-round picks uh, for Jordan Davis when they maybe could have just sat put and gotten Kyle Hamilton. This guy might not even be on the field on third down for them. He only played 25 snaps a game last year in college. What makes you think he's going to be able to play 40, uh, 45 snaps in the NFL? And so that part makes it intriguing. Even the A.J. Brown thing. I mean, the more I was thinking about this, it is a it is a really bizarre situation. Our old friend Teron Davenport had a good uh, piece with yes. A.J. Brown on ESPN.com where A.J. Brown said they were only offering him $16 million per year. I mean, 
that's With like incentives up to 20. Yeah. I mean, right? that's a yeah. joke. Right. Like you don't even go to the table. If you're like his agent, like we're not even going to the table where I'm not even picking up the phone. If that's what your offer is to me, $16 million per year for a guy who's uh 24, 25 years. I mean, it sounds stupid to say, cause it's still $16 million, but you get the point. Uh, 24, 25 years old and you know really as the ceiling to be one of the best wide receivers in the nfl when you're looking at what christian kirk Devonte adams uh tyree kill have gotten recently and so i mean the only thing i thought of was is there something medical that the titans have more information than everybody right. else has about it and that's why they're saying we're not willing to go there because it, it, it remains a head scratcher to me when you draft a guy like that He's done everything you've asked for him. He embodies the toughness they want to play with. He's been productive. You're seeing his former teammates tweet stuff out. Seems like a great teammate. Checks kind of every box of the guy. You would say, reward this guy. Uh, this is good for our culture. And they like weren't willing to go anywhere close to what the Eagles uh, were willing to go with. So that's another one where you just kind of take a step back and look at both sides of it. Cam Jurgens, we've had the whole conversation. I mean, does it make sense to spend a pick that high on a guy if he's going to be potentially blocked in year one and might be blocked in year two, Nicobe Dean, you know, is it a steal? Oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy was available. Absolute home run pick. Or is it, why did the rest of the league pass on him uh, 82 times? So uh, it really is. They didn't make a lot of picks, but man, the picks they made, the moves they made, you really can look at it uh, from both those angles. Yeah, I think that's why, like, it's hard. There's there's such a uh, an information gap. It's hard to, it's hard to like, be be definitive in your takes on on some of these things. Uh, I'd like uh, there is you, you you do need to to acknowledge that there are like multiple sides here, and we don't we don't know everything. Obviously, like more yeah. so than in free agency or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, and I I agree. You apply the same type of you have to apply that that's that's that skepticism and like I am I'm. The Nicobe Dean thing is mystifying to me because that Joe Shane quote is like it's 180 compared to the Howie Roseman quote, right? Right, like this the, the this isn't a matter of right. The chest puffing is so bizarre. Yeah, like this isn't like uh, what shade of gray do you believe in? This is like one black and one white, right? And um, and it's it's befuddling to me. So. I I don't have any uh, – the only information I can operate with right now is that he's going to play and uh, and that there's not any it's, – it's not like David Ajabo where he underwent surgery and you don't know when – you know, it's it, is he going to return to form? No, the Eagles are saying there's not an injury here. That's a – it's not like an injury yeah. he needs to recover and to be, from. And, and the yeah. guy is very, uh, very handsome and a great personality. <laughs> But so that I I have never David Ajabo, him too, but mostly no, Nicole Dean. In uh, in in ten years, um, doing Zach. this, I I have never covered a situation where a wide receiver. Sorry, I, I haven't covered a wide receiver. No, a, a situation where there's like there's just such a, a a polar difference in terms of the way the Eagles are saying it is, and apparently the way the league viewed it. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I agree. Break. Yeah. Let's take a break. Come back and uh, close this bad boy out. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Back on Birds with Friends. Zach, Sheil, Marissa. Zach, anything else from the uh, the wrap-up press conference? that we should discuss from talking to Howie, Andy, and uh, Nick. Yeah, a few things. Um, uh, first off, the the Tyron Matthew question. Nice. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, Look at you. Always getting Howie, better. One, one, pick one thing every day to get better at. Well, I try to pick more than one thing. Just try to be a better <laughs> version of yourself every day, right? Um, so uh, he, Howie did not categorically – Eliminate like he 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 said there's nothing imminent there. They're always what is the worst version of you? (laughs) What is the worst version? Yeah, what's the worst? What's the worst version of you? Um, I I was uh, I don't know, cramp. I there's 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 a lot of versions that aren't. What was the word you were about to say? Crown? No, crying? Crack? I was was gonna say cranky. Like there's okay, yeah, Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Uh, like that's my favorite version. No, yeah, we love it. I I felt very bad. I I mean, uh, last night when we were off camera, uh, I I I I felt like I wasn't I wasn't nice. So that was uh, I I felt poorly about that. Um, anyways, what I was saying was so so (laughs) I never got that impression. So Howie did. uh, He left the door open, which I think is. Is is very relevant because I, I do think they're they're going to make moves there. Uh, at corner, it was interesting how he said when they were on the board, there was never a corner under serious consideration. Just kind of the way the board fell, they only had five picks, right? So they were only on the clock five times, right? But uh, but there was never a corner there that they were going to take. My understanding is 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 that there's optimism about the um, the undrafted corners that they're signing. We'll see. There's always optimism. Relative, right? yeah, relative yeah. to like using a late round pick. Yeah. They like the guys uh, they sign. Yeah. And uh I don't totally buy the idea that um that the guys they acquired last year they consider part of this draft class because it's their first offseason with <laughs> the team. Nonsense. Take, yeah, Can I, you write I, a post? Uh, is everybody we should consider part of this draft yeah, class? I yeah, mean, yeah. are there 40? The entire I, roster should be considered should, part of yeah. the draft class. Yeah. I I don't buy that, but I do think with corners in particular, safety is a different story. With corners in particular, I envision this being comparable to 2017, where they're going to see what they have before they make a move. Because, like the the players they were rumored to go after this offseason, it wasn't really cornerbacks, right? It was, I mean, they were in the market for some safeties. That's they were true. in the market Good for point. receivers, but but like they 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 weren't going hard after corners. So I do think they like some of these young corners that they have. 
and they'll and they'll see what happens. Uh, in, in and I think that is a to- I think that is a totally reasonable strategy. I think that's totally fine. I mean, they as we said, they signed Steven Nelson last year in July. Yes. Like to to see what you have to give Zach McPherson and Tay Gowan and and these guys like a shot, uh, just to see if they make a jump. I think is totally reasonable. And there are plenty of veteran corners who are like playable who will be available in the summer. It's not, and, and as you say, it is not the same at safety. But at corner, I think this is a fine strategy. As long as you don't come out with one in the first three rounds, I don't, I don't think there was any need to, to like force a pick after that. Sure, you're right. Uh, Bo asked about quarterbacks, if they considered a quarterback in, say, Just round Just had to get him on the record three. on that, yeah. And he said no. Like, that's, yeah. that's not the way it was. Uh, a few other things. Oh, okay, so... You can expect some changes to come in the Eagles' front office. We obviously they lost Brendan Brown, that lost Ian Cunningham. Um, as as we know, they weren't thrilled with the timing of that, and they are going to make uh, some additions. You know, they they're going to promote from within, but I also think they're going to make some additions now post draft. What did you make? But the of, thing to what, watch what, is Andy White is yeah. Andy Weidel is a candidate for the Steelers GM job, so we'll need to monitor that. And he was asked about that. He said, uh, "Be where your feet are." You know, don't don't be looking. Hold around. on, that was a hilarious uh, answer. <laughs> yeah, I thought that sequence was pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, thought about it the same way. I was just watching it uh, before the podcast, and so yeah, they were asked. You know, Andy Weidel was asked about you know your candidate for the Steelers job, how to kind of focus on what you're doing here, sort of thing, and then you know how he uh, you know just what has sort of Andy meant to this. Uh, you know, what would it mean to kind of lose him? And I thought how he was going to go into like. Andy's been a great, you know, just this guy's been doing a fantastic job behind the scenes, really pump him up. And now he's like, we got a lot of internal candidates we think that can kind of rise up. Well, because he was also asked about replacing the other guys. Yeah, yeah. he was. But yeah, he didn't. uh, And then he answered the whole question and they kind of moved on. And so it's like, uh, Andy, like his first question was actually, you know, for you. Yeah, well, Zach, what did you make of Andy's like demeanor up on the up on the podium all weekend long he seemed a little bit i don't want to just body language read but uh like, what did you think like that he yeah, wasn't all the statement. way he wasn't all the way there it felt you like think he, this is it you think he's he's going to pittsburgh i think he's i think there's a chance that he's either going to pittsburgh or somewhere else oh interesting okay yeah i i don't know i mean it's look it's it's always kind of it was always a weird spot with joe douglas too um, because like Howie's the one who, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Howie show up there. Right. Uh, and you know, Doug Peterson used to, you know, I, I, I I'm sorry, I should speak more clearly here. Um, Nick but, Sirianni made the joke tonight that he was speaking he felt, totally clear. Yeah. He, he, he felt like the bodyguard, you know, because he wasn't right. getting any questions. Doug Peterson, uh, there was a call Mike Sealski had a few years ago where he said, Doug Peterson's like, a potted plant when he's up there at the press conferences because, oh, because uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but no. it is like, and it's yeah, tough because, for, for yeah. the head, for the head coach to be up there. Like we're not going to ask uh, him questions. It, like. Yeah. So my, my point is, is, is that it's the Howie show when he's up there. Right. Right. So, um, because so it's the only time we get to talk to him. Yeah. And, and he's, he's, and he's, he's right. Exactly. Exactly. So unless a question is like, unless you're asking for a nitty gritty scouting, um, breakdown, uh, did we lose Bo? Yeah. Okay. That was Unless you're looking for uh, a, a, like the, the in-depth one, <laughs> you're it's it's not Andy's territory here. So 
I think it would, I, I mean, I'm not um, the one organizing this, but it'd be nice. Like if you could talk to Andy separately and then you can get kind of the context from him, but then how he handles the big picture things. But, but we always talk about it when they have like Sirianni and Howie up there at the end of the season, it's like all the questions go to Howie. So it's just the nature of those joint press conferences. I did watch yesterday's also. I was struck by, uh, you know, Howie and Nick really sort of uh, yucking it up and, you know, laughter and side conversations and pats on the back. I thought yep. that was, uh, you know, that was uh, interesting to see. I mean, if you think about it, things have gone really well so far. You know, it's been, I don't know if it's the honeymoon phase right. or not, but it's been a little bit over a year. They overachieved uh, in the first year there. But yeah, that was, uh, you know, Sirianni certainly had a lot of energy. He seems like a pretty, uh, I don't know if agreeable is the right word, but he seems like a pretty easy person to work with as we lose Bo after he takes a chug of tequila there uh, on the side. Uh, I thought how we are referencing Jason Kelsey as both Kels and Jace. Uh, <laughs> you know, yes, the Kels, uh, Jace, listen, uh, that thing. I mean, the Rogers Favre thing, I was like, I didn't think it was real when you guys said it. Uh, <laughs> that I thought it was pretty funny to me. Like, it is very different to want to have a 25-year stretch where you don't have a bad quarterback than to have a 25-year stretch where you don't have a bad center or you have a center. So I did think that. I mean, he came back to that a couple of times. So I thought that was interesting. How he said on – this goes back to what Zach was saying about N'Kobe Dean. He said, you know, we just got off the phone with him. Uh, you're going to have to hold his ass back, he said. I mean, really, like, to your point, Zach, all in. I mean, all yes. Kobe, get in your tickets for N'Kobe Dean, defensive rookie of the year. I mean, this guy, they are not lowering – any expectations for Nicole? No, is it Nicole Dean or is it Dean Nicole? Nick Sirianni in a suit? Uh, you guys didn't mention that. I thought that was interesting. Why was he wearing a suit yesterday? Did he it's wear like a suit the, the first night? It's the football. Yeah, it's the football guy. Okay. Actually, the first night. Football guy Howie, prom. Yeah, Howie made a reference. That's a good one. Howie made a reference that um, that uh, he was the only one who, who was not wearing a tie the first night, right? He's uh, not a big tie guy, I feel. Not anymore, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. What does that mean? Means was there an was there an incident? Means, no, he still. Uh, look, I'm I'm the, I'm the same way. Pre marriage, I mm. was I was always wearing the tie. Post marriage, Emily says she doesn't. You know, she 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 likes the the jacket shirt look, right? Oh, interesting. Well, now Zach, I think okay. uh, speaking of speaking of like a football marriage, um, now that the Howie Roseman podcast has been published. What were your, some of your takeaways from his conversation with Thomas Dimitrov? You know what? There were He's so many there the that... podcast or something. I mean, people, you I actually, don't know the name of the knows what you're talking about. Like no one knows what you're talking Honestly, about. Honestly, right are, 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 are we doing a pod this week? Why would anyone know what you're talking about right now? You yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we don't need going to and looking up Howie yeah. Roseman podcast with Thomas Dimitrov. Like, yo, yo, I would presume gonna... that some of them follow Zach on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's... We did lead the show with that the other night. By yeah, the way. we talked. We referenced it a couple episodes ago. <laughs> I don't think anyone knew at that time what we were talking about. So, yeah, uh, uh, let's uh, let's get into it on a on a day when we don't have like a lot of news to 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 dissect. Okay. Uh, from from Howie tonight, I'm I'm, I'm looking through my notes. What, what'd you think of the? Uh, you know, Jeffrey pulled us aside and said, 
how lucky are we to do this? Yeah. Did you is that genuine? Is he Oh wait, did I he say like... Jeffrey pulled him aside or did yeah. he say Nick pulled him aside? No, no, no Jeffrey, Jeffrey, pulled, Jeffrey Jeffrey pulled Jeffrey Howie pulled and Nick aside. aside and oh. which, 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 For which, some reason also, I read I heard that as Nick. And then that. Howie just went on this like thing about <laughs> yes. 20 years ago. I don't even know yeah. what the question was. Yeah, what was I can well, tell you that's the question because it was yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I I asked the question at because Howie was like when when we were at the owners meetings, Howie was very very clear about the fact that this is like a really important draft. Right? I'll read you the question. I have the transcript here. You said, in talking to you in Florida, you did not downplay the significance of this draft. When you look at the capital that you have for next year, acquiring A.J. Brown and the five players you drafted, did it reach what you hoped for? Did it exceed it? How would you explain the overall process? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there were too many questions in there. But, but, no, but then he goes, yeah. <laughs> How he used it to talk about the cafeteria staff making them great food. <laughs> right. About uh, Katie David getting there at or staying till till one a.m. and getting there at seven a.m. About how Jeffrey pulled him and Nick aside to say how lucky they are to do it. How how he remembers his first draft coming to Veteran Stadium and uh, how they get to pick players and try to and try to win another Super Bowl. And and the funny thing there is is uh, how he thought like he was closing on this really great note. All right. And then there was the, it, but the press conference wasn't finished yet. Right. right. So he thought it's like, ah, okay. he was like, you know, so he's, he's wrapping it up and how, how, how great it is to try to win another Super Bowl. And then it's like two more questions. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know, two more questions. I just had this great, you know, and the next question is did, did Joan Rager demand a trade. And it's like, Oh, now you're reminding me of my pick from, from 2020. We have some breaking news uh, in the chat and on Twitter that Nick Foles has been released. By the really, there's Nick Foles is a free. I think he just automatically becomes a free agent, right? Uh, free to sign wherever he wants. Trade Minshew. What's your What's your gut saying? Trade Minshew. Bring him back. Bring Nicky franchise home. I don't even think. Of course. And bring him in and say, you know what? Hertz is our starter, but we know you are a high character, uh, fantastic. Uh, teammate everybody loves you in the building come mentor our boy Jalen listen he runs the football uh we need you know we believe in investing in the backup quarterback position more than anyone else your boy Kels is still at center I mean talk about a smooth transition if you have to play you guys know how to set protections uh together by the way you know we just got a uh, little AJ Brown we got Devontae Smith listen there are some ballers here who weren't here when you were last here do you bring do you give Nicky franchise a call right now and say, hey, Nick, come home, baby. Without without any uh, like joking nature at all, 100% serious. <laughs> if they can get anything for Gardner Minshew, the answer is yes. I, I, the that, answer is trade Minshew and sign Nick Foles 100%. DB absolutely. more hesitant. No, no so I, I would do what Bo just outlined. I would trade Minshew for a corner or for a safety or for a 2023 draft pick. The rub here. I'm not sure Nick Foles wants to come back to Philadelphia. Yeah, but what I are think... his options now? I mean, this is I understand what you're saying. I, yeah, I think yeah. you mentioned that before, but is this a different like, scenario? I think, I think Nick might be like, look, I'm I'm happy with the way that ended, right? You know, yeah, sure. Don't don't mess with that. But right? also, you know, cash rules everything around. Uh, I think someone's going to call him now that he's a free agent. Did the, the Jaguars sign a backup quarterback, right? Otherwise, that would just be mm. perfect. You yeah, know, that if would you're be the Jaguars. 
get in here. Big shot console. Like, you know, can't get any more of my money, man. <laughs> I, you know, I, I paid you. I paid you what? I gave you that. That's you true. Charges. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, they have CJ Beather, uh, who's a, uh, oh, okay. a, a trend moving the needle. Right. So Jacksonville. Um, does Carolina say, you know, come in here? We don't have He's a better than viable answer. Do this, what, about the Seahawks? what about the Seahawks? How about the Seahawks? Do they say, hey, this guy's won a Super Bowl. He He's beats our true lock easy. Just chuck the ball down to uh, DK Metcalf. They, listen, he likes to push the ball downfield. DK and Tyler Lockett? This is interesting. I would absolutely make the call, though, if I were the Eagles. If Nick Foles, you know, yeah, I mean, Nick, it would be a much different offense, obviously. But with these pass catchers, uh, it would be interesting to see a guy who, with this offensive line. A hundred percent, they should do that. Yeah. I mean, Minshew's going to be a free agent next year anyway. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, they should be calling Matt Rule saying, uh, you want a little Minshew, Minshew mania? Because I think they might have been interested. Uh, and that's a guy you can fleece because they're sort of a disaster. Yeah. Uh, get a pick back for him next year and then say, uh, Nikki franchise, come home, baby. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll see. Okay. Maybe we'll have something to talk about for our next pod. Speaking of horses. Okay. Um, that's, <laughs> that's about all we got. Uh, Marissa's got a heart out here. Marissa, how's your hotel room? You're, you're usually the one watching us in our hotel rooms. How's your setup over there? That sound, you made that sound very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> My hotel room is great. Um, a few comments have said it looks like I'm in a closet, but it's actually a very, very big hotel room. Yeah, I think it looks roomy, actually. Yeah, it's know. very big. Bo's the one in the closet. Is that so. a t- <laughs> oh. is that a uh, is that a TV next to you? Um, yeah, that's a TV, like okay. a double sided TV. Like this is the living room TV, and then behind it is like for a bed. It's a very oh, nice hotel room. Standing. Yeah, it's very nice. Two Any TVs good? in one hotel room. That's yeah. Nice. Any good behind-the-scenes stories of the uh, the crew at The Athletic and the, the podcast you guys have been doing? Any any good gossip you can share? I will tell you, as I said as we came on, Dane Brugler is actually a beast. Like, yeah, he that, is. Yeah. He is unbelievable. unbelievable. His knowledge, unbelievable. Like, it was so cool to watch in action, especially today. We didn't do a live stream, but getting to watch just casually while he was, like, typing up some notes and stuff and just the amount of knowledge he has is unbelievable. But I will say... I did get some juicy info on Dane that Bo actually knew, so I was didn't feel as mm. cool afterward. The only green veg, the only green thing that Dane <laughs> eats or drinks is Mountain Dew. He's never had a salad in his entire life. Like literally, he has said he's never had a salad in his entire life. He doesn't eat. The only vegetable he'll eat is green beans. So thought that was very that's interesting. interesting. Um, he yeah. He says he eats like an eight-year-old. I mean, that's why. So that's but... what fuels the beast, I guess. So maybe we're doing oh, it wrong. Great wordplay right there. Yeah. yeah he, maybe yeah. we're doing it wrong. Maybe like the veggies I yeah. eat and all, like, you know, everything healthy is is not right. So like, so like, like I almost got a headache just from when you said Mountain Dew. Like if yeah. I had a Mountain Dew right Do, now, he oh drinks my, this diet Mountain affect Dew. my entire week. Oh, yeah. that's even worse than you just yeah. He drinks like two a day. He had two donuts today. I'm just giving Dane's diet. I got here. no problem with donuts. Say, yeah, I mean, it's draft Saturday. Let's yeah, come on. I had a donut cool. today. He did say I could tweet that because I was going to say, like, breaking Dane Burglar has yeah. never oh, okay. oh, and he eaten said it's a okay. salad. Right. Yeah, he's never eaten a salad. So he did say it was okay to share that information. But, so. but I will echo what you said. I mean, he is a beast because uh, 
puts in so much work, so knowledgeable yeah. and is not like a know-it-all uh, type guy. I mean, when he was on with you guys asking you about wide receivers and you were hesitant, I right. mean, he say, no, it's an opinion business. I want to hear your opinion. Uh, that's what I love about him. He powers, you know, really uh, the entire site. And I can speak for, you know, anything I've yeah. written it's over the last unbelievable. month. The East yeah. is just on my computer and I'm referencing it time and again, so organized where I can just say, all right, this yeah. guy started 24 games in college, 17 at left guard, six at right tackle. I mean, that information. Isn't it unbelievable? Is, you can't find that yeah. anywhere. It and powers so, yeah, everything. I, it powers yeah. everything. It powers every writer for the athletic. It probably powers writers all over the internet yeah. who are just we, uh, Oh, we heard it. A, we, I, you know, like I've heard from so many people all over this weekend of yeah. the Dane, how Dane is just unbelievable, not just yes. within the athletics. So, so I mean, yes. if you don't have a subscription and you are not reading that, especially yes. now, like people want to know about their picks. The people well, and, and like, like literally the Eagles are signing these undrafted guys. Dane's going to have write-ups on like most of those guys. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I mean, he hit everyone drafted he had in the, in the beast mm -hmm. second year in a row, all 262 Monster. players were in his top 300 and in the beast. So, so yes, yeah. shout out to Dane. Yeah. Yeah. A little Dane Brugler. I think that's a good way to, to good way yeah. to close good it. Way he deserves it. Yeah. it. He deserves that and a now. Like I think that. the chat seems to and be like all a in red pepper or something like that. Yes, but. a red. I just I like was want to get him get him a green juice or something. But hey, <laughs> yeah. it works for him. So <laughs> he like he, yeah, he just like he melts like he, he eats a <laughs> yeah. red pepper and then just like melts to the ground. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> all right, Bo Melton, Dane Melton, Dane Belton. Do you see how that all came together? Okay. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends, concluding the long haul of draft weekend. The Eagles have remade their roster, and uh, it should be exciting. We've got lots to talk about. The season has much more juice than it did a week ago, so that's uh, that's fun. We'll be back at some point this week with another Birds with Friends. Uh, I'm sure there will be some other news trickling out, and we will have you covered on The Athletic with uh, some more draft recap stuff. And uh, the Shadow Draft, Shields Grades... Zach's got a uh, depth chart rundown coming up. So theathletic.com slash birds with friends gets you a good deal. And I mean, come on, Marissa's been staying up till the wee hours. Zach's been sleeping three hours a night. Let's, let's get those, uh, th those chart numbers rising. Let's, let's get the downloads. Let's, let's get the subscribes, all that good stuff. And of course, follow shield on Instagram. So for Zach, shield, Marissa, for Dane and for Elijah, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you later this week. And as always, we love you.